Hey, beautiful people, and welcome to Concealed Scars. Today's episode is on Black maternal health. Some facts about Black maternal health is that Black women have a heightened risk of pregnancy-related death. Some Black women are more likely to experience complications through their pregnancy than white women. Black women are three times more likely to have fibroids, which is a benign tumor in the uterus causing hemorrhaging. And Black women are more likely to show signs of preeclampsia. Today, I have two beautiful guests, Ms. Heather Robinson and Janiah Collier. Welcome to both of my guests. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. My name is Heather Rollinson. How would I describe myself? Hmm. Um, I would describe myself as a maternal health advocator. I am a community liaison for a local nonprofit here. I am also a doula, a doula trainer, and a student midwife. Janiah? Hi, everybody. My name is Janaya. Um, I would describe myself as an herbalist, a doula, anything regarding health. Um, I am a, I'm sorry, I am a business owner, I'm a holistic business owner. Uh, my business is the Fertility Garden. Um, I help several women conceive naturally. Um, I also help women with other um, abnormalities that they may have in their reproductive system, um, as far as fibroids, um, cysts, PCOS, um, endometriosis, um, and a lot of other um, things that we struggle with as women, especially Black women. What made you both or inspired you both, if you don't mind telling what you can, to take on this journey in this field and helping other women as well as yourselves? Um, well, with me, um, I started off when I was younger, I ended up being on birth control, which a lot of our Black mothers, they, they put us on. But I um, was actually referred to birth control by my OBGYN because during my cycle, I was losing um, what they would say too much blood. Um, so over the years it affected my body and not in a good way um hormones up and hands um I did I've been doing I'm 20 doing research since I was 19 um reversing things that they said oh you have to take a pill for you have to do this I'm like hey if I can heal myself I can show other women you know how to heal themselves as well so Mm -hmm. that's what made me get into holistic health and um helping women with fertility because we are told like oh you're infertile if, if this happens or this is normal or this is and and it's not so we I have to we have to let these people know like let our people know like it's different ways other than medicine or you know m- making your body go through all those different effects from synthetic hormones mm-hmm. well my um journey started off as a personal experience as well so I first heard the call that I was supposed to be a midwife um, with a visit to my OBGYN um, having polycystic ovary syndrome um, the first thing they're going to say is oh you have to be on birth control so no because birth control I knew birth control affected my body in a negative way Um, And the thought of you'll never have children. No, that's not what I heard. So I wanted to be a change agent. I knew if I, as a Black woman, experienced the the same situation in a hospital setting or a 
um, OBGYN office, there was some other woman or women out there as a black woman that also was looked at as pretty much you're treated like an animal, a test tube or Mm -hmm. um, running tests on you. So I wanted to be that change agent within my community, not only in my community, but in the world. And I decided to, um, or I answered the call to pursue being a midwife. What's the difference between a doula and a midwife? Because I personally don't know. But I know they're two different things, in a sense, at least. So how I break it down is your doula becomes the mother and essentially the family's um, best friend. That's like the resource hub. So you go Mm -hmm. to her for um, support, whether she's advocating for you within the birth space. Um, You go to her for educational purposes. She's teaching you um, how to navigate labor, what's going to go on through through your body and in your body through your pregnancy. Um, she's teaching you ways to advocate for yourself. And sometimes you have those questions, random questions that pop up in your mind that, you know, sometimes we Google everything. Google automatically kills you. So It sure do. <laughs> so, you know, I always tell my clients, instead of Googling, you know, no matter how late it is, send me a text, send me a call, ask Mm -hmm. me, instead of, you know, Googling. So she becomes, your doula essentially is your voice when you don't have a voice. She Mm -hmm. advocates for you when you essentially can't advocate for yourself in the birthing space. So she's your support. So your midwife is... Um, the person that you would go to to get all your prenatal care and your post care like mm-hmm. you have the baby mm-hmm. and she's the one that's going to deliver your baby mm-hmm. so there there's different types of midwives so there's a certified midwife that is a midwife that didn't necessarily go the nursing route and pursue getting a master's or doctorate degree she mm-hmm. went traditional route and then you have a certified nurse midwife which is basically a nurse that decided to become a nurse practitioner and go through the midwifery route but the thing about a nurse a certified nurse midwife is that she she typically works in the hospital set setting unless she has her own birth center but when you work in the hospital setting, you have to work up under a doctor. So you have to be attached mm. to the doctor's practice. Mm-hmm. See, because I'm like, I don't know the difference, but I know it's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know what exactly. I don't have kids yet, but I'm like, do I want to do this at home? Or do I want to go to the hospital? Yeah, and a lot of people and, think that the doula, like, we're actually delivering the baby. No, we're not. Yeah. The, the mother is delivering the baby. We're just there for assistance. And like she mm-hmm. says, like, helping you, walking you through it, navigating you through it, mm-hmm. loving on you through it, showing your spouse how he can be a more comfort, you know, to you as you're going through all of that mm-hmm. energy through your body. You're bringing forth life through your body, so you're doing that. We don't take the credit for that. Mm-hmm. So, how, not how, but have you both assisted someone 
Like, what was that first experience like in assisting someone with their birthing process? I'll let her go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've assisted in hospital settings. I've assisted in uh, birth center settings, home birth, and births that started off as a home birth but had to be transitioned to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there... The hospital, there definitely is a difference between or the energy you feel in a home birth setting versus a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like when I'm in a hospital setting, it's more tense. Like I always have to be on guard or on watch. Um, I'm the type of person, you know, birthing, whether it be physical or spiritual, it matters who's in the room. So, um, so I'm always checking the intentions or the, the vibe or the spirit or the energy of the nurse when she comes in the room. Cause you never know, you know, that's their day to day job. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes it's just like the same routine over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I've had where a nurse, an older nurse, um, she threw the birth plan back in my face. Like, Hey, you know, us nurses don't. Um, like these birth plans so I had to tell her you know they they assume that just because you're a doula you don't necessarily have a medical background so I told her hey you know um what part of nursing school did we learn um that is about ourselves or our own wishes versus the patient mm-hmm. and that's she was like oh oh um you're a nursing student or you're a nurse and then you know we had that conversation from there her energy changed mm. so hospital settings mm. they don't typically like to listen to the mother or the patient because they feel like oh we're the medical team we know everything we know what's right for you we know what you want mm. and you know hey like this is still my birth this is still my client's birth um what they wish or how they desire to be treated matters so in the hospital setting i say you as a doula you would have to be more on your p's and q's to make sure certain interventions that are not necessary do not happen Mm -hmm. setting i feel like you know, it's more relaxed. You set the tone, you set the energy, you can really control who comes in and out your house. Right. You control who's mm-hmm. at birth. Um, it's more free. You can walk around, you can eat whatever you want to eat. So in the hospital setting, you know, they're going to put you on this clear diet. But in the home setting, you know, you can vibe however you want to vibe. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. kind of birth however you want to birth like I've been in a home birth situation where you know the most comfortable place was the toilet and you know slid off the toilet and the baby came out you don't you know people think oh if I have a home birth then it's gonna happen in the pool we set up the pool and everything but the pool wasn't the place that was most comfortable or desired for her to give birth so home birth is definitely a different vibe because home you're more free you're in your element it's kind of mm-hmm. like the bathroom when you go into a foreign place it's hard or you know you tense up naturally when you have to use the bathroom whether yeah. at home, you're more mm-hmm. free, whatever mm-hmm. I totally agree with that definitely agree with that and I personally um, not everybody's like that but I 
wouldn't recommend, you know, certain people to come to me if they have that, okay, well, my doctor says this, my doctor says that, because I don't want to disrespect their work and whatever they study, but I'm not going to just, you know, bend the way that I know to do things or the way that I know how to do things. Like, I personally don't believe a woman should be um, on her back giving birth because of how it pushes against grab how it goes against gravity mm-hmm. how it can make the woman uh rip and even with the um epidurals and to manage the pain like i feel like women your body is made for for those experiences and some women like when they're um in a lot of pain and they're giving birth and they're going in and out of consciousness they get people around get afraid but that's your body's way of that's your body's defense mechanism from dying during birth so a lot of this oh lay on your back or, or push before you see you know the crown it's like ripping the the woman you know it's a lot of things that they may have been taught or you may have went to nursing school or you or you may have went to school to do this but times are changing and not only that um black women we don't have the same bloodline or blood type as you the same genetics as you so how you could care for someone that is not of our descent you have to treat us differently Mm -hmm. and they are also um taught that black women can take more pain than any other lord have mercy so they don't really pay attention to when we're saying um no you know something is wrong mm-hmm. and they're like oh no she's fine just send her home and you know something got something happens but women that are not of our color they get all the great treatment if they're in mm-hmm. pain they're mm-hmm. looked after like they're they're more so careful with those with those other um type of races of women and so, they're also they're also how um the medical providers communicate to them is different you know they explain every step of what they're doing so that's another thing you have to look okay can you don't talk in the medical term break it down to the client where she can understand like what's going on why you need to do this process how is this going to benefit her by doing this her and the baby you know um that's another thing i've noticed um in the hospital setting, you know, it's not, we're communicated um, too differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. But I've, I've read that, though, somewhere, where it talks about how medical professionals feel that Black people have a higher pain tolerance. Mm-hmm, they do. And I'm just like, where did you get that? Um, it's honestly it's from even when you think about it um back in the day like where OBGYNs came from like we were experiments so that whole laying on your back open up your legs let me stick a tool in you and check you that was to you know shame black men back in the day like you have this man sitting up here like basically just violating your woman right in front of you saying oh we're checking for this we're checking for that when back then they were really injecting them with all kinds of things or just cutting off their just all kinds of just horrific things so a lot of their teachings come from things that were tormental and detrimental to us Mm -hmm. and midwifery has been around for a long time and um you know, our ancestors were the midwives. Mm-hmm. They tried to control it with, right. like they control everything else with putting certifications. Mm-hmm. Oh, you must have this, you must have that. Um, mm-hmm. In order to practice um, in mid- 
midwifery. They, it was, you know, some midwives that have been midwives for 30 plus years. And then all of a sudden you take away their experience and now you must have this certification. Yep. You know, someone can have that certification and never practice. And I still may be a better midwife than them. So absolutely, they try to lock us out. I'm learning so much. I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm glad. Yeah, it's needed. It's needed. It's needed because there's a lot of people sitting here right that will be sitting here right now trying to figure out do they want to go like the so-called traditional way and just go to the hospital and do whatever or should they start researching midwives and doulas and just home births in general and mm-hmm. that's I would say, yeah I would say you have to know your medical history mm-hmm. um, because there may be a situation where you do need to be in a hospital setting because of your medical history mm-hmm. um, yes. home births are not for everyone whether it be you can still have a natural birth in the hospital setting mm-hmm. you know natural births are not just limited to home births but there are people that have met pre-existing medical history that you need to be um, in a hospital setting to protect not only your life but the baby's life as well absolutely so doing that research um, talking to your medical provider and knowing where you stand um, Mm -hmm. during your pregnancy is so important so you don't risk, you know, your own life or your child's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do y'all personally, not in your medical field, but personally feel that home births are, are more beneficial? I do. I do feel like um, home births are beneficial. Um, Like she mentioned earlier, you're in the comfort of your own home. You're in your zone. You can set the tone the way you want to. When you're in the hospital, it's like everything. You're not the only person there. Like this, that's a medical place. So they have to clean everything. It's like everything is quick. Everything is fast. Everything is like you don't have time to really just sit and enjoy. Like once that baby is put into your arms and you're just sitting there like in a hospital they're taking your baby okay they're they're putting you under all this medication and and you can't really focus on the maternal consciousness of your baby and not only that you want your baby to be the first person that you see as soon as it comes out you know so um like I said with with doctors they have like they're more so on protocol when you're home you're more comfortable and then like a lot of doulas and midwife they're more on like spiritual level so they they have good energy they know how to send you that love they know how to give you that without it be you being in a cold environment or hurry up and get this or hurry like you're you're comfortable we make sure you're very very comfortable and as far as oh okay if, if what if something happened uh what about if god forbid the baby passes away during that people also have to understand it happens in hospitals as well. Yeah. Um, I've more so hear about it happening in hospitals more so than home births, to be honest. So um, it's important when you're having a baby, when you're bringing life into the world, you want to be comfortable. You want to be around people that you you want there. You don't want to be, be like, oh, I can only have one person here. Mm-hmm. 
when you have you want to you need all that love and that support so i do feel that uh home births are way better way more beneficial to me it's safer um because it's, it's a mental thing also mm-hmm. i i agree i personally you know when i have a child i want to have a home birth because of you know the freedom um you're more relaxed um, you're more in your element you're more in your environment you can't control um the energy that's in the room mm-hmm. so to me you know if everything is good with you pre then I would say go if you're healthy if you're a healthy mommy and you don't have any other issues go with home birth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's more beneficial right and to me you connect with your baby better as well mm-hmm. you know when a baby comes out it's cold he, he's coming out in the room he don't know what's going on all these doctors everywhere it's just like no you need to be on the mama chest be at home somewhere comfortable like the whole vibe just needs to be full of love and comfort and not saying doctors you know they don't have the intentions to to do that but at the same time it's more so of a job to them they have a protocol that they're going by the rules yeah you know and when you're when you're at home like okay fix us some tea let's let's get this tea going let's get this going like uh-uh don't touch that um that umbilical cord I almost called it something else Lord don't touch that umbilical cord don't cut it yet like with doctors it's like they're gonna question everything well we do it this way well we do it that way and it's like if they feel their way is the best way regardless of what the mother says or what the mother feels it's just like okay I'm in the hospital I gotta do what they say you know so that's great (laughs) like I don't even know what to say to y'all responses Cause I've been here taking it all in. Like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> right. Well, you have your baby too, so now you can think about if that would be something that you would want to do um, at home birth. I probably have to do it in the hospital because I do have pre-existing conditions. But I would probably still have like somebody, like a midwife or a doula, come in. Yeah, that's understandable. Gotcha. But I like the idea of it. We are made to to do to to make to have babies. That's why we have extra titties. We have extra fat. We have that's to hold fat. We it's like to be mothers. Mm-hmm. Your body is set up for it, so it's it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to like. Oh my God, it's whatever. Like I'm gonna have a baby. I'm I'm scared. It's like no. It's it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. And then if you're, you know, have questions um, or anxiety about it, that's where, you know, you hire a doula, Mm -hmm. um, research, you make sure you take those courses um, that you need to take, like childbirth education, so you Mm -hmm. can know and educate yourself of the process of um, childbirth, like what's Mm going to happen with your body, the anatomy of childbirth, the anatomy Mm -hmm. of the body, so, you know, things um exercises you can do foods mm-hmm. you can eat you know that's what it's all about mm-hmm. 
that's why you have that you know you see those old pictures where you know there's a village around the mother that's mm-hmm. you have to build your birth team like that you know your midwife or your doctors are part of that birth birth team um your doula is a part of that birth team if you have you know your aunt your mother your spouse or your partner everybody's a part of the birth team and everyone has a role within the birth team Mm -hmm. so that's why i always tell spouse you know or partners don't feel like you're not a part of this you know your goal wasn't just to impregnate the woman or Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a place through each stage of this pregnancy. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I love doing, you know, teaching partners how to be involved, um, how they can assist the mother and how they can assist uh, when it's time to actually give birth in, in the labor room. Right. That was my next question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you know you good you good <laughs> I was gonna ask like what advice would both of you give to spouses or partners to help them feel comfortable as well as helping the mom feel comfortable during this process um I would just say um as far as the partner just making sure that when your woman's having a baby that she's not under any type of stress um, giving her the hugs that she's pushing, rubbing on her chest, rubbing on her forehead, giving her those forehead kisses, consistently let her, letting her know you're doing great, you're doing great, uh, consistently letting her know I love you because that love is what keeps them going. And if they have to scream, let them know you can breathe, you can scream, it's okay, I'm right here. Like that love, that intimacy, that comfort um, will, will ease a woman's mind and her body um as well while she's going through that whole process um if she's emotionally supported i feel like um it definitely helps with the physical it makes things run more smoothly more easy versus when you're under pressure you're by yourself you're lonely you got anxiety or someone is pissing you off and you're stressing out and you know it's 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 good to have that partner that knows what to say know how to soothe during that moment so that would be my advice to um any man out there or woman my advice would be um your education or educating yourself is your power to advocate um okay because you know if you are not educated about the process or know about the process you won't know how to necessarily advocate for yourself or you won't feel empowered to Mm -hmm. for yourself or for your spouse in the situation so you know taking childbirth education courses or um seeking out a doula's help for the educational piece of it um i think it's so empowering because when you know you know you got a different walk. You got a different confidence about it. Like, okay, I got this. And I think a lot of times when it comes to partners, they don't they don't know because you know most of the time, you know, it's a man and they're not women, so they're like, I don't know what her body's doing. Or I've never been through this, or I don't experience all the things that she experienced. So, how can I help? So you know, researching, educating yourself and feeling more empowered 
and having that power to empower someone else or advocate for someone is important so not standing back and just letting her do whatever but Mm -hmm. take initiative to be involved and then the mother in return feels like okay I have a part not only did, did I have a partner making this baby but I have a partner in getting this baby out or going through right. mm-hmm. life changing experiences within my body you know I'm not alone and right. that's a lot of um, I've been a doula to a lot of um, through the fertility process as well as the all the way up to the birth process mm-hmm. You know where we actually went to the clinic, picked out the sperm, and all that. My friends make a joke that I'm low key a baby daddy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and that's one thing that those women always, or if they got pregnant and it wasn't a like relationship, those women really hired doulas to be that partner because mm-hmm. women during that time really need no matter how strong you are as a woman your childbirth is a a vulnerable time so they want to feel love they want to feel like they have that village around them they want to feel supported they want to feel like they can just you know let it all go and still be okay right i agree how is that process like not that well yeah like I'm not sure how the fertility process works when going to pick out like that's a different that's so the crazy thing is you know it was it's interesting because she's she's a black woman and she was really looking for you know a sperm of an educated black man you know you Hmm. literally look at a list and you kind of checking off oh this person has blue eyes or this person has brown eyes actually like this person yeah this person may have a doctorate this person uh is in this type of career field it's like you're looking at a resume but you're looking Hmm. at a resume and picking out the potential traits of your child child but the crate and they tell you like you know what nationality they are Mm -hmm. and she had to go with I think she went with Asian Mm -hmm. because there weren't any African-American males oh wow so she wanted to go with you know she didn't want to go with Caucasian she wanted to go with some other mix so the child she said her thing was she wanted to go with something else because she wanted her child to have a chance to have black features. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a long, like, if you're going to a fertility clinic, it's a long process because you go, you do that part, then um, you have to have so many doctor visits, mm-hmm. um, take certain medications, they take your eggs, they fertilize the eggs, and you have to do that waiting process if you want the genetics and um, of the the eggs to be tested before they're implanted. Back oh, in wow. The they go through all of that. If you want it like a male or a female, um, you have to wait to see what you 
what you're getting. It's a process. Oh wow, that's so, really like going through strategic. all that without a partner. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And then a lot of like her her issue was, well, she felt like it was an issue. She's forty, and she's been so career driven mm-hmm. and. I'm 40 now. I don't have a man involved. I don't have a potential any of that. But I want a child. I don't want to wait till I get this man that may not never come. But mm. I want a child. But I focus on my career so much that I kind of push off relationships. But I want this child. So that's why she hired me as her doula because she wanted that support and she didn't want to go through the process alone because she said um, she's from a country town and she said it was frowned upon to go within her family and within her friends it was frowned upon as a black woman to go to a fertility clinic um, to get to have a baby Oh no! so she needed she felt alone and she needed that support I commend her for that I'm proud of her for not listening to everybody else and doing what she needed to do to make herself happy. Right. Because that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um last question. What comes to mind when you hear the term concealed scars? I, you gonna go? <laughs> you go first. Um, when I hear the term "concealed scars," well, first off, when I hear hear the term "conceal," it to me it's like um, more so when you're trying to cover up something. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, um, when I hear hear "concealed scars," it just reminds me of just that, just being in a space where you don't have to really hide your flaws. Like you can be open like don't be afraid to show the things that you want to be hidden or you or you may be afraid of the world seeing about yourself like concealed scars I I feel like it could be it makes me think of women who may um who used to suffer from I don't want to say not insecurities but more so afraid to show their scars or or show certain Mm -hmm. things that they've been through uh whether it's trauma childhood trauma whether it's you know, if they've been in, in domestic relationships, whatever a scar for you is, it doesn't have to be physical. Mm-hmm. It could be any any type of scar that you try to hide. We try to hide our flaws. We try to hide different things every day um, that we may not want people to know or want people to see. Mm-hmm. So, bringing awareness to like you don't have to hide them. Like it's it's we all have these scars. We all try to hide something. We all want to improve ourselves. We all feel like something can be better. So that's what I think about when I when I hear concealed scars. It's just a way for women to be themselves, no, letting women know that they can be open, that we all have flaws, we don't have to hide, we've all been through things, we all have trauma. Um, and that's just what I think about when I hear concealed scars. Um, when I hear concealed scars, I think about um, life's journey. And I think about how, you know, God sometimes conceals us. Um, mm-hmm. 
until the time is right. So conceal scars to me means God concealing us until the time is right. But through mm-hmm. life and the process of life, we may mm-hmm. get scars. But those mm-hmm. scars were part of the, our purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we can use our scars, our um, flaws, our insecurities, whatever our wounds, inflicted wounds. We God uses those. He looks at those as beautiful things, um, and He conceals us for a moment until He's ready for us to go out and outlive the purpose. And those scars um, that we think aren't beautiful, He looked at them as beautiful and as part of our purpose. So, like uh, someone being a teenage mom can go out and empower somebody else that's going through the same issue. Someone mm-hmm. going through uh, fibroids can go out there and empower somebody else who's going through that polycystic ovary syndrome, infertility, whatever it is that um, that you look at as shameful or you're not you don't think it doesn't have purpose God says everything that you've been through has purpose Mm -hmm. so sometimes we may conceal ourselves or we may like hide but God says I kept you closed up for a moment because I wanted you to understand the power of your scars Mm -hmm. power Mm -hmm. of um, what may be inflicting you so that's what I think about when I think about concealed scars. I think about God concealing us for purpose until he's ready for us to outlive it. Beautiful. I love that. Definitely. That was, that was, okay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you both for just, giving this whole spiel on everything because it's something I really wanted to have a everything I do I want to have a conversation about but I know this is really big Mm -hmm. especially in this day and time where our community is more aware is becoming more aware Mm -hmm. of what's going on with black women in hospitals when they're giving birth or just in general and the lack of not like the lack of consideration for us. Mm-hmm. Like I, I seen the post where I seen a post that made me really like want to find somebody to do this topic with. And I'm glad that I reached out to the both of you. It said that cops are to black men or black. Yeah. Cops are to black men. What are doctors are to black women? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's powerful. Yeah, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true, and that really like stuck out to me when I read it. I was like, "Wow," because yeah. we feel like we don't have a voice in any, whether it's with fertility or just any type of medical need. Ask them doctors questions. It's okay to keep keep up with them and ask them questions. Absolutely. Just because they tell you one thing that doesn't mean you have to sit down and just take what they say. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Ask, what does this do? What is that? That don't sound right. Or if you're not feeling a certain way and you have your admin about it, let them know. And if they refuse it, tell them to write it down. Okay. And that if you know it's something wrong, it. <laughs> don't let them send you home. Like, if you right. know, like, yeah. Go somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. we, we don't have the time. <laughs> exactly. 
we don't have the time. But I want to thank you again, the both of you. I can't say thank you enough. I'm gonna tell y'all 30 more times. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you for having us, allowing us to speak knowledge and whatever we know in our experiences on this topic and giving us a platform to share with the world. So yeah. we appreciate that. You're very welcome. Thank you for being obedient. Oh, yeah, because sometimes you know, obedient? you're afraid to, you know, reach out. God says, Okay, you need to contact that person, you do this, and some, or mm-hmm. you need to have a podcast, period, and discuss these topics. Um, your title of your podcast, Concealed Scars, you know, it was an act of obedience. So, thank you for being obedient awesome. and thinking a little me. of course of course well everybody thank you for tuning into this episode of concealed scars and we'll see you next time yes bye bye i'm just trying to survive can i just breathe for a minute